Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. You're welcome once again to the Sports Science Show here on Scarab Pay Community Radio on 88.3 and 92.7 FM in association with our Credit Union. And on today's show, we're going to be talking camogie, hurling and rugby. And also a new sport we're going to talk about is the American football. And we're going to be joined by John Camery, Adrian Ronan, also joined here by co-presenter Pat McNamara. And now we're joined on the line by uh, the Clare uh, Senior Camogie and Junior Manager. Back in management again as joint manager last year, took over uh, as manager this year and got off to a great start last weekend in the first league game with a victory over the current All-Ireland champions, Kilkenny. It's John Carmody and John, you're welcome once again to Scarf Bay Community Radio. Thank you, Leo. John, first of all, what a way to start off and I suppose, first of all, what a game to get in the first league game of the year to welcome the All-Ireland champions to, to Cusick Park and great to get the game in Cusick Park also. But what a day for Clare Camogie, a day that, you know, shouldn't be underestimated. Defeating a very strong Kilkenny team, you know, maybe a bit behind in terms of preparation, but any time you beat a team like that, it's a victory that has to be savoured, John. Yeah, without doubt, Leo, I mean... So we played Kilkenny twice last year. They beat us by a pint in the league, and like we were under strength that day. You know, missing the Scarif for Gunlow players because we were on that great run with the club, and we were disappointed coming away that day last year that we didn't take them in the park. And funny enough, last year, two weeks before we played Tipperary in the Munster Championship, we played Kilkenny in a challenge match down in Anacarty, and we gave them a good beating by seven or eight points. And you know, we had a full panel that time and, and I suppose we lost one or two to injury and Anya went to America then on her J1 and we didn't push on but we know we know the potential we have in the group and I suppose look it was the ideal draw for us the Ireland champions coming to the park and you know knowing there'd be a crowd in afterwards for the football and I suppose seeing early in the week I think they named the team on Thursday night and we knew they were coming with what they had you know they, <clears> they, 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 the 15 that started all played some part in the All-Ireland final so they came with what they had on Sunday so we were well up for it and um, I suppose we have a bit of consistency in, in, in that um, the girls that soldiered with us last year by other than the two injured players they're all back and they're putting the shoulders to the wheel so like we, we felt we needed to make progress last Sunday and we kind of put pressure on ourselves to demand a victory and I suppose it's pleasing then you often demand a victory and it doesn't work out but um, when it works out great to, uh, Leo it was a huge lift and I suppose John the way the game turned out you know in fairness just Claire uh, took the initiative to Kikini uh, from, from the from the word go Okay, it was, it was tit for tat, and then uh, Quiva Camery got a goal. You know, it was one of these strikes when we were looking from our commentary position. You could nearly see it curling in. We were kind of wondering why the goal he wasn't going for it. So it was a kind of a, it was a slight a slice effort, but that goal uh, gave Clare uh, great momentum as well, John. Yeah, it came at the right time, I suppose. Quiva <laughs> herself, funny enough, but we were talking about it Monday. She thought it was wide just for about a quarter of an hour. So when she looked up at the scoreboard, she asked one of the girls who got the goal. But <laughs> 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 it was a welcome boost, anyway. <clears throat> yeah, it gave us a platform and a bit of belief, and we pushed on. I suppose we'd have been disappointed, maybe you don't have only to have four points up at half time. And it's nearly we need to improve. Like we had a lot of possession, but I felt. Uh, and we feel as a management we, we need to put more scores on the board and you know we've talked about that since the weekend now and, and, and hopefully we'll see improvement in that area this coming weekend but like certainly the work rate and um, the defending and the tackling was, was top notch for uh, you know exceeded our own expectations for the first day out in the year and like we hadn't a lot done collectively either with some of our players away with Ashburn and all that so uh, it was like as though we started back in championship mode um 
and delighted with that. Yeah, and there's no doubt, John, that the the the, the tackle count and, and and the hooking and the blocking that work rate was absolutely ferocious, especially even for a team, you know, on, as you said, on their first and their first day out. And look, look at every day. There's always room for improvement, and I I heard you saying it after. There's you've plenty to work on, which there's no doubt. You're talking about the the scoring, you know. But I suppose, John, when you're playing a team like the Kinney, uh, John. You know, scores are very hard to get. You, you know, they don't ever beat anyone by too much. Do you know what I mean? And they never lose by too much. So there's always going to be a kind of a, a dour battle for a lot of it, John. Absolutely. I, I, I think, you know, you were playing All-Ireland champion winning backs and they don't give you much. But, um, you know, I suppose, Leo, we're, we're talking of hope and trying to be in the competitive mix for the championship later on the year. And we're going to have to negotiate, you know, the top teams. They all have excellent defences and we're going to have, find, have to find ways to open them up. And, um, you know, that'll be our development as a team <clears> as, as we... Um, you know, hopefully as we play more together throughout the year and, and build on, on, on our good start to the year, that, that if we if we can improve, you know, 5 t- 5-10% on that next Sunday, next Saturday, we hopefully we wouldn't be far away down Park Irene. This is Pat, John. Just uh, well done last Sunday. Um, I just wondering there while you were talking, um, it was noticeable that your your, um, <clears throat> your girls were using the ball very well the last day, full of running, of course. But, you know, their first touch seemed good as well. How much actual hurling would you have been able to get into them in you know, the months of... January is dark uh, and, 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 and all that pitches are up to now. Yeah, what, how much have you been able to do? Because I mean, they look very, very, yeah. very well, 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 well been with the ball. Limited enough, to be honest with you, Pat. But um, we have been hurling every Sunday morning since the, the since early January. Yeah, but like it's been in uh, you know tough pitches, um, difficult conditions. But to be fair to our coach Ryan Morris and, and Eugene Foody, um, you know they're they're putting in a lot of work with them. Like we we do. While we have Jamie Fitzgibbon doing excellent work on this, the strength and conditioning, we try to do most of the training with the ball and, um, you know, a lot of small-sided game-based scenarios. Uh, so we're, you know, that's where the sharpness is probably coming from. Like we're, we're a lot of our training, we're trying to bring an intensity to it and pleasing that it looked to be coming together there on Sunday, you know. And despite the fact we're all very, very impressed, genuinely impressed with them, Sickle Kinney were too, um, is it your estimation that there's a huge amount more in the girls in terms of, of all aspects of play? You know, as, as the days get longer and, and, and the weather pitches improve, do you think there's a lot of improvement in the team? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think there's players to come back. Uh, you know, Aoife Keane has a long-term injury. There's a doubt whether Aoife will, will be <coughs> back this year, but um, we'd be hoping that Aoife will get the all-clear in a few weeks' time and be able to return to training. You know, one of the top defenders in the country last year, and uh, Eimear Kelly's on a recovery programme at the moment. She's just back in light training and will be available to us on the 20th of March. So those players will add huge experience, and, you know, they're, they're some of the top players in the country, so Excellent. the improvement will come from there. Um, we have 25 more girls on the junior team will be out in action. They're not out until Saturday week, but there's a lot of talent there as well. And and the door is open to all of them to step up. And Pat, the panel is open-ended. There are two or three girls all around the county that, um, you know, uh, we hope that they see what we're doing and see yeah. what the group is doing. And <coughs> uh, Definitely, that improvement is there within the county. Whether we get there or not, I can't answer you in, in, in the end of February, but yeah. we'll be striving as a management team and as, as a panel and as a group of players to, like, you know, we, as I said the other day, it's all right beating Kilkenny in, in, in February. 
but can we beat them when the chips are down in July? And that, that's what we have to strive to do, try and do. And that's what's going to come to, uh, John. You know, the girls themselves, you know, you, you were there probably with them after the game for a while and you, you had a kind, of a, 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 a kind of a chat about it, I'm sure, or whatever. You know, how are they feeling? Obviously brilliant, but do you think they are feeling as well that they want to take it further and be able to do this t- three months down the line? Oh, there's no doubt about that, Pat. Uh, there's no doubt. We, we have... Uh, you know, last year we had a very small group, but we, you know, we set a standard. Um, you know, the, the girls we had, the 15, 17 girls, when you include Anya Lachlan, Merton Scanlon, uh, those girls are very ambitious. Uh, the training they're putting in, they're putting in as much as any of the lads, as I said earlier in the week, that are on Brian Lawrence panel. And thankfully we've added five or six more girls now who are of the same belief and of the same ethos. And like you'll be hoping when we get to Father Mac Park, in the fine spring evenings, that um, you know we can build on this, build on our fitness, build on our cohesion as a hurling team, and uh, you know be be ready for for this onslaught that will come when the championship starts. And also, John, I suppose one of the traits from last Sunday, which was was very evident, was you know Kilkenny kind of took over there at the start of the second half and came with a, a tremendous push as they always do after half time, and even went a pint ahead. But even there and then, Clare just seemed to just drive on, move up and next to gear. And it's a great sign of a, a team, John, that can transform, you know, when harm is going against you, especially against the top teams, you know, it will give them great belief going forward that they turned on uh, the, the game in his head and were by far the better team for the last 15 minutes again. Yeah, I, I suppose that, that's experience, Leo. We were in a lot of tight battles last year, but also did when you can look at the quality of Orla Duggan and Linda Daly to come in at that point. And like those <clears> girls, uh, you know, it would be no reflection that they weren't starting last Sunday. They're some of the top players. They'd, they'd be in the mix for any team in the country. And they showed it when they came off the bench. Um, both, huge contribution from both players. And likewise, then young players like um, Jennifer Daly and return and Amy Keaton, you know, they, they contributed massively. And of course, Abby Walsh had only a cameo role, but by God, after coming on, I think she had four positions in five minutes yeah. and drove out with two or three vital balls when the game was in the melting pot. So you see that we have added what we didn't have that last year. We'd have had to finish out that game with the same 15. And, yeah, there's no doubt. You know, that's the difference this year. And John, you're going down to the Lions then uh, this weekend, you know, playing playing Cork. Uh, Munster final last year, probably one of the Camogie games of, of the year. Massive entertainment. Unfortunately, he just didn't go at Clare's way. While they were getting the junior on the day, was 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 nice to come up. But it would have been nice to hold on to the senior. It was a marvellous day. Unfortunately, he just didn't didn't kind of Cork turn things on the championship. But I know you, you, you're, you, you, you say venues don't mind and it is hard going down to Cork. But... He's going to be Cork coming on the back of a, a major victory over Dublin, and they'll be hurting after last year's All Ireland too. You know they they have their eyes set on 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 August in in Crow Park again, but it's going to be another huge test. But John, you go down full of hope and confidence. We do. Uh, we trained last night. Uh, Leo does a great buzz in the group. Um, you know, great training session. Huge lift after Sunday. Um, <clears throat> You know, anytime you play Cork, you know, you know, yourself Cork, uh, even though they didn't win that Ireland, they, they, they have a, a belief about themselves that they're, they're the only ones that can play hurling and camogie. So uh, we're under no illusions what we're facing. But at the same time, the experience of being there last year should stand to us. And I mean, I know the girls would be very disappointed that we did get turned over in the All Ireland series. You know, there was a lot of excuses thrown out, but at the end of the day, we didn't perform. And that'll be the big thing going down on Saturday evening. I think we know we can perform and, and we will bring a performance and we, we'll see where it will take us. Uh, we'd be quite confident that we can rattle them, but we obviously know we're up against a quality team. And uh, I suppose two teams that play similar style as well, Leo. So <coughs> it'll be interesting how the game will play out. 
Uh, John, uh, just, you know, people talk about the spine of a team. And I was just thinking there again, uh, you know, if you start just at the, at the, at the half the spine of your team, if you start with Dernan and goals, Clare and, and uh, Niamh O'Dea, that's some, that's some backbone to have on any team. And, I mean, they were all three outstanding, particularly Clare last Sunday. But, you know, you, you could build a team around players like that. And I know you've got lots of other good players and players to come back, as you said, and the forwards did, did quite well at times. But, you know, that's some spine to start with. It is, Pat, I suppose that's that's why we even positioned there. Uh, you know, there those three, just three of those names. Um, you know, are three of the best hurlers in the country, and you know, you you go further afield in, and you you're developing with pace in the middle of the field with the two Quivers, Quiver Carmody and Quiver yeah, Kelly, absolutely, and Becky Foley back and is a huge, as well, yeah. uh, a huge boost to us. You know, you've Chloe Mori up there, Orla Duggan, Anya Lachlan. We have a very good spine, uh, Pat, and uh, we're building around those. You know, you're throwing the three dailies. On top of that, then, and you no, know, I, I don't want to name every player on the team, but you, you know, we have quality, and we have to have a, a belief about ourselves, and you know, we're, the girls are going about it the right way, and um, you know, we need to keep our feet in the ground, we need to keep working hard, and uh, you know, hopefully keep keep that panel and get it stronger for when the the ground will be hard and the, and the sunshine and the sky later on the year. And John, you know, it's it's funny, you know, you're talking about later on later on in the year, but definitely. Uh, conditions would probably looking at this Clare team and the, the skill wise and the whole way later on dear come the fine day it's going to suit this Clare team better than the condition even though in fairness Cusick Park was in great condition last Sunday it is Leo yeah we, we're like we, we're the modern inter-county game you must have pace and you must be able to move the ball fast and you must be comfortable on the ball and we've, we thankfully we, you know you look at the club championship in Clare um Last year's club championship was outstanding, and, and an outstanding Scarif on our team put it back to back. But the county's semi-finals were of a very high standard. In general, the championship in general was a very high standard. <coughs> so we, we have a lot of good players in Clare at the moment, but we we have to mind it. I suppose we have a smaller peak than the Corks, Kilkenny's, and the Galways. So we need everyone pulling together and everyone pulling in the right direction. And um, you know, so far, hopefully, the win last Sunday now heads us in that direction, and we'd be very positive if we can pull it together uh, come come the championship time. And also, John, you said the junior team is out in 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 two weeks' time, and, and it's important, you know, that they they perform and they, as as well. You know, you, you want constant constant competition, John. Oh, absolutely! Like we we we're bringing in a lot of young players uh, into that group. Uh, you know, with an eye, maybe one or two of them will put their hand up and come through later in the summer. Uh, you know, like Sir Grace Cambry, Lee Shaw, Donnell, Eve Anderson, uh, Bonnie Wiley, Murphy's in the squad. Um, Lorraine Grady, you know, just to name a few, uh, Casey Toomey from the market, Michelle McMahon from the market, uh, and then you've experienced core in that team, the likes of Michelle Powell, Sword and Star nominees, pushing yeah. hard for a place in the senior team, Ellen Casey from the market, uh, Rebecca Cross, Sinead O'Keefe, Neve Mulqueen, Kato Gorman, you know, quality players. Yeah. So, so it's you know, for me, it's working very well. The two teams training together, um, you know, and and. You see already, maybe Sunday, the three or four that we brought up from last year um, are starting to is starting to tell, and maybe we'll tell more before the year's out. And John, you know, success comes at a price, you know, and and preparation comes at a price. And club Clare have been very good to you as well as they have been to all Clare teams. But also, John, you have a fundraising night coming up um, for for people who are interested in 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 bingo, you know, to raise much needed funds uh, for Clare Camogie, John. Yeah, look, it's badly needed, Leo. And I suppose, as you mentioned, Club Clare, if I take the opportunity, I want to thank them because they have been uh, fulsome their support of the girls. And if anybody out there, I think, or Clare Hurlers and or Clare Camogie players, uh, 
you know, I think anyone that's a genuine supporter of Clare Hurland, uh, Clare Camogie, should be a member of Club Clare. And we would encourage people to, you know, when you're if you're signing up to join Club Clare, uh, click that you're a supporter of Adult Camogie and click on your local Camogie player to support her. Uh, you know, and show that the Camogie has equal support with the boys. The bingo on Sunday week in Woodstock, six o'clock, should be a fun evening and uh, an opportunity for people to come in and hopefully have a, a bit of fun and win a few quid. Uh, tickets at 10 euro for a bingo book, uh, you know, two or three hours, great entertainment uh, promised. And uh, hopefully people will support the girls. And because as you know, Leo, it comes at a cost and preparation comes at a cost, and uh, we'd appreciate any help we can get. It does not, are you calling the numbers, John? <laughs> No, I will. I, I might be marking a book. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, a very, very well worthwhile cause. And, you know, Claire Gamogie have got after a great start with the win of Kilkenny. You know, best of luck to him in, and everybody in the match against Cork today. But look, the season isn't all over on a make or break on one game. It's a long season. Come out and support the Gamogie girls next Sunday week uh, at the bingo. And you never know, you might be shouting out house or, or check or whatever they're calling it out now. John. Thanks, Thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us. We wish you and all the crew the very best of luck in Parky Rain this evening. <clears throat> and we will talk to you again in due course during the league and championship, John. As always, thanks, thanks a million. Thanks a lot. Best of luck, John. And once again, thanks to John Camry for taking the time to talk to us here. And now we change from Camogie uh, to GA. And we're now joined on the line by men very well known to all of you here on Scarlet Bakeman's Radio, former Kilkenny hurler and a man who, as I said, well known here is Adrian Ronan. Adrian, you're welcome once again. Good afternoon, lads. How, How are you doing? doing? Adrian, first of all, belated Happy New Year to you. Um, many, many changes since we spoke to you last. Um, I suppose the main one, Brian Cody, the, the king. The king is actually actually gone and, and gone from the line, replaced by uh, Derek Ling. How has it all uh, fallen into place down there, uh, Adrian? Yeah, well, the king, King Shefflin has gone first, now King Cody. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, sure, look, it's changed. Uh, obviously, Kilkenny Hurling, after 25 years, is a massive change to the the landscape. Uh, not seeing the, the man on the sideline and seemingly not even attending the matches just yet. He hasn't been spotted in Northern Park yet. Um, so it's a big change uh, for Kilkenny Hurling. But some people are looking forward to it because, obviously, things can't last forever, as well we know. And Derek Ling brings uh, a huge air of, uh, I suppose, enthusiasm because he's relatively young. Um and has a very good background team, backroom team with them that are considered, you know, good hard workers and honest hurlers when they were playing themselves, you know, and know the game. weren't would say standout stars, even though they were like, any intercounty hurlers, but weren't the big names. So there's a, a very workmanlike ethic in the group that he has around them, and that probably will impact on how the team will play. That you'll see, you'll see a lot of the Kilkenny hurlers. Maybe they might be the flamboyancy might be there as such. Not that it was always there, but I suppose he'll bring that steel to Kilkenny that was probably always there, but it'll continue to be there because that's the type of player Derek Ling was, that's the type of person he is, and the people he has involved are like that. So look, um, he'll bring that, of course, along with that, <clears throat> that youthful young in, inter, we'll say, under-21 experience that he's had over the last three years. He's put a lot of those young lads through his hands, and they are now all, as we know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So he has a good feel for that group. So we expect changes uh, in the Kilkenny panel. There is 46 on the panel at the minute. So there's a lot of people wondering, will the Kilkenny team change and panel change? Will there be a few experienced lads lose out, lose out and will there be a few young lads come in? So we're expecting changes. We'll be interested to see what happens in the next few weeks. And Adrian, just on the on the changeover from Cody to, to Ling, I mean, 
you know, the greatest manager of all time he was without question, and the the, the record he has is unbelievable. Is it Lebanon twelve or Ireland wherever he won? But you know, Derek Ling has taken the, the position. What was there an awful lot of less looking for it, or did most people potentially who might be want to be involved realize following on from from uh, Cody is an impossible task for a few years? Was there many yeah. looking for it, or was Derek Ling just extremely brave to say, "I want to know"? Well, you could say in some place depends on which what seat you're sitting on. Either brave or mad or queer or stupid. <laughs> and what was because um, a lot of people would have said, you know, depending on where you were, um, you know, it's a big opportunity for some people. Some would have said it's a huge burden to take on after Brian Cody. But look, Derry Ling saw it as a huge opportunity, a huge honour. You have to respect the man for that. Others might have thought differently. So to be fair to the man, uh, he was in the right place at the right time with the Kilkenny 21s, got that win. Uh, regardless of how we got that win, we got that win in the All Ireland. Had failed in the previous two years, so it's amazing how it came around. Because people didn't expect it. We all thought that Henry was going up to up to Galway to learn his trade for a year or two. Henry probably thought the same, and this opportunity might present itself for a year or two. It's presented itself. It's presented itself a year earlier than a lot of people thought. And Derek Lee just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And yes, of course, he was uh, one of the contenders, but he was there with five or six other contenders. But um, I'm, we're very sure that Derek was very uh, was one of the first, if not the first, to be asked, uh, and uh, um, and obviously took that took that responsibility. So yeah, look, um, it's a huge task to come in after a man that's had such huge success. And we all know that, in whatever sport or whatever walk of life. Yeah. But um, that's obviously the challenge he's embracing, and that's the challenge he's going to take, and and that's the one he's going to live by, whether it's good or bad. And he has that year or two or three. It mightn't have three, but it has that year or two to make it happen, maybe. Well, what's what's frightening for some of us to hear you saying is that he'll bring a bit of steel to Kilkenny. If they get any more steel in them, <laughs> they'll be yeah. they'll be absolutely unbreachable. But uh, I, I know what you're getting at, all right. I mean, yeah. he mightn't have the stars. He mightn't have the stars to, to pick from nowadays, but he'll certainly have a, a 22 or 3 lads who are willing to go out there and fight to the death for every game. Yeah. No, as you so rightly said, people will always think that was the way with Kilkenny. But I think he'll see that more prevalent than ever in Kilkenny that Derry comes not saying anything wrong with junior hurling or junior club hurling but he came from a background that was you got to where you were through hard work and honesty and uh, you know if you were swanning around the place or as the lad says driving a big car he'll bring you down to earth fairly quickly because <laughs> his values are very you know very strong and his ideas are very strong so I expect Kilkenny to have that yeah. very much to their forefront and there will be changes because we have to change and we are trying to change tactically how we're going and we're all trying to change whether we're right or wrong to try and bait Limerick we're all going short we're all going through the lines and we're all playing this game we're all talking about turnovers the only thing we knew about turnovers was eight and turnovers so I don't know where we're we're all talking about different things now so whether there certainly has to be a mix up but um, um, the only way it seems that we're going we're definitely trying to change our style in the last uh, two months for sure and trying to play through the lines and we're struggling at the minute so we need to perfect that if we're going to have any chance. And I suppose, Adrian, you know, seeing there's a, a game, a, a change in the style of play, inevitably means a change in the in the players that are going to be playing as well. Yeah, and sure, look, I'm an advocate of uh, quality hurlers and skillful hurlers, but being a small man myself, I think it's like an extinction now, the small man, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. It's, if you're small now, you're not wanted at all. So I feel that's, uh, you know... You, we're pumping lads now in gyms and they have to be big and they're strong and they have to be able to uh, do all sorts of things and the skills for me the skill is, is slipping out of the game is 
I keep going, I was going back to Chaff, Fitzpatrick, one of the best midfielders Kilkenny had in the last 20 years. Small man, used his brain, sat into the midfielders and, and was a brilliant hurler, but he was no big man, wasn't a lover of the gym, didn't enjoy the gym, and I always go back to Tommy Welch and Richie Hogan. I know they were extremely talented hurlers, but, you know, it's just the change of game. It's all about, as I said, if you're under six foot now in Kilkenny, as a forward, forget about it. You know what I mean? You have to be big and strong in most cases. I'm nothing against big or strong men, don't get me wrong, but... I think there's still a place for the the quality hurler and the small man and as we all know Claire produced a lot of them over the years I'm just thinking of Jamesy straight away James O'Connor and the types of those players so hopefully there's hope and there's places for those people um, but um, um, but we we you can see Kilkenny certainly going for the bigger and stronger man at this stage I suppose uh, Adrian it was kind of freakish that Limerick came along with such a huge amount of plus, six foot plus men leading their team, you know the wing forwards, the mm. you know the wing backs, the half back, you know all lines in the field nearly. And I suppose they are the template now, and I suppose that, that partly explains what's happening. I know the Kilkenny team of, of Cody's teams were often pretty big as well, but Galway as well. But um, obviously the winning teams are going to be aped and copied by the by the pursuing pack, and I suppose that's what's happened there. But that Limerick team is freakishly big, but uh, you know they'll have to go back to picking ordinary lads at some stage. Sure, they won't always a big lads either. But uh, as you say, you'd be hoping there's always still a place for the, the handy lad with the skills and the, and the sidestep and the bit of, and a bit of guile. Yeah, well, look, the big man has has the skill. We're not, uh, as you said, we're not running down the big man by no yeah. means. But it's just. It's just, it is, seems to be the game. You know, as we said, that's the template we mentioned. That's the one we have to follow now. And there's someone else bring in another, another template in the next, but that in the next, in the next four or five years. But at the present, Limerick is the ones that we all have to aim to bring down. And they're the worthy champions. They're the style of play that we have to break. And as you rightly said, are we all able to break it down with big men? I'm not too sure. Maybe we should go back and try and do it a different way, um, possibly. And as I said, to be fair to Derek Ling and his, and his camp, They've had Kilkenny had a great success. They got to an All Ireland last year. They've left that All Ireland thinking maybe they can tweak it if they get another opportunity to play Limerick. But it's very, very noticeable in the last three months uh, that what we're trying to do is very, very much uh, based on uh, uh, through the lines uh, yeah. and the short game. And and maybe that's what we'll do for a while. But not forgetting that we can go along and and maybe go back to the as I said to the the man in the edge of the square. But at the minute, that's the game we're trying to play. And we just have to perfect it. But um, based on the last day again, Tip, we need to do it in a hurry. Yeah, and I suppose, uh, Adrian, you're saying that the, the panel, there's 46 in the panel, and inevitably there's some big names going to, to lose out here, you know, going by maybe players not getting games in, in the league, and maybe some players showing not a great sign of form. You know, the reason I had, as you said, under 20s to come in, it's going to be an interesting mix to see what he brings, what he ends up with. Yeah, well, it looks like any man coming in and any change, every man manager brings in brings a change. And if he has a background, look at and you can kick any to strange. It didn't happen for 25 years because Brian Cody was there for so long. But when you're previous to that, in any group of management, obviously a man is going to have to be seen to make changes. So we expect that there will be people that had a part to play, possibly in all earnings with Kilkenny, but certainly in, on the Kilkenny panel over the last years, he might just lose out because there is five, six, seven of those under 21s or under 20s will have to come in and learn their trade and fit in and, and try and make a change. And they are coming standing up. You know, there's some there making an impression already. It's early days. It's only the league. But they have the qualities to, to make an impact this year. So, as we said, there might be changes. And look, well, like any manager, he has to be seen to make changes. And 
Uh, and this group of management people, as I said, won't be afraid to make those changes. And Adrian, you know, I know it is, it is already the, the, the nearly coming into the first week of March, but and the championship isn't a, 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 an awful a long way away either, even though the league hadn't finished. How many of these uh, under-20s would you see forcing their way into the Kilkenny team for a, a championship? Well, sure, like everything, I suppose, it's as you rightly said, it's early days yet, but based on, based on form over the last six or eight months, you know, these lads would have been spoke about. They'll certainly be in the back end of the panel now, the back end of the panel of 30 I'm talking about. So I expect there'll be five or six of those breaking into that panel of 30 uh, when the time comes for championship. Um, young Talis will have a great chance as a, as a, as a sub-goalie for sure. Um, young Garrow Dunn, who's going very well. Uh, young Killian Dial. So as I said, there'll be a few lads there that will 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 break into the panel making the team look, things want to go fierce well for them to make the team maybe at, that, at this stage of their life yeah. because it, as we mentioned about big men, they're developing at this stage and they won't be properly developed, I suppose, to the modern day hurling until they have three or four years of serious strength and conditioning done and that normally happens from 18 to 22. So, it's a big ask but look, there is one or two young Harry Shine is on the Kieran's College. If he stays injury free, he'll be in, knocking around the panel Good but look, job, yeah. to make the team no, it might be a big ask to make the actual team on Championship Day, but they'll certainly be in the panel at 30, four or five. And Adrian, uh, you mentioned that these young players coming in. Obviously, there'll have to be some of them coming in. Young Shine is one of the lads I, I've seen once or twice before and very impressive. Uh, still very young, of course. But, OK, we talked about Limerick being big and being the template and their success in recent years and how they play. Who do you think is the other biggest rival to Kilkenny? You get back to winning a Lee McCarthy, leaving Limerick out of it for the moment. Who would you say is next biggest danger well, sure, to winning in yeah, Ireland? Again, sure. Any, I mean, our job would be to get out of, out of Leinster. Like, I mean, there's certainly Galway are going to come with Henry second year for sure. Dublin are on a bounce now with Michal Donoghue, even though he's lost a few players, but he's getting the bounce out of him. But look, I suppose if you're looking in from the outset, and I don't know, um, based on form, but I, mean, I keep going back to the little knowledge I have, um, I'm hugely impressed with Tipperary. I was hugely impressed with him the last day. Uh, I do have a softness for the likes of Liam Cal because I know him well and I know what he brings to it. Uh, and I think Tipper not a million miles off what people might think. I think Tipperary are not going to be as bad or as poor as people think they are. Um, and as we all know at this stage, there's a bounce in Cork. But mm-hmm. again, there has to be a bounce in Cork because the Pat Rains. Look, the second year syndrome for Henry is a tough goal. Say with Brian Lowen. You know what I mean? These guys want will... You know they'll want to they'll want to do way better than they've done the last um, two years or so. So there are big years for Clare and Brian year Brian Lowe and big year for Henry and Galway. Probably a big year for 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 uh, Davy. But for me, I just keep going back to Tipperary. I don't know when it all settles down. I don't think they're a million miles off. I think they have a great mix and a great balance. You know, some of the younger lads are are ahead of the Kilkenny young lads. They're twenty two, twenty three. Hadn't got their chance the last year or so under Colin Bonner. The older lads, yeah, okay, someone might be slipping, but the likes of Noel McGrath have an exhibition inside Northern Park there two weeks ago, and I know it's only the league, and I understand it, uh, that, but look, what he brings to Tipperary is massive. Throw in Ronan Mar, and all of a sudden now you have a, you know, you just, I expect, I just have a sneaking suspicion that Tipperary are, are not going to be a, too far off it when it comes to it. Yeah, and I, I suppose with, with three come out and, uh, coming out of Munster as well and as you said, Pat Ryan is going to get a bounce in Cork. They'd be kind of a similar development. They were, uh, themselves and Tipperary were close enough in, in, in the underage at that time. Um, 
Watford, of course, under Davy Fitz, you know, they're going to get a bounce. You know, their championship record has been abysmal in the last few years. Can they reverse? Can they reverse that? It's going to make a very, very interesting uh, uh, time coming up, Adrian. Yeah, well, the Munster Championship is obviously a lottery. It's, it's so difficult, so many great teams. And then all, probably, you know, as I said, trying to get catch uh, the Limerick. So that's, it is a lottery. And look at any of those five teams uh, can obviously come out of it. But Leinster obviously is a small bit worrying because it'll be interesting to see how we perform post Brian Cody. It'll be interesting to see how and where Henry's progressing on his second year. And you just wonder now with Wexford, they have short a few injuries, short some of their leading players, and now all of a sudden. So God, the Leinster Championship um, is more wide open, and I don't know if the quality there like other years. Um, because in fairness, when Davy was in Wexford, there was always a fear factor with him involved. I'm not sure of that there. So again, you'd, you'd imagine the contenders are... You know, Galway and Kilkenny certainly need to improve, I think, uh, based on what we've seen so far. But it is only the league, so it's very hard to judge a team on the league at this stage. But after what we've seen in the league, Kilkenny and Galway will be a little bit disappointed with their performances. Um, they have a few big matches going coming up, I suppose. Kilkenny Water, Kilkenny Dublin are two big games to see where we are with form. Galway, of course, the weekend. Uh, they play Limerick. It'll be interesting to see how their farmers, because they'll be disappointed, um, I suppose, in, with their performance at this stage. You know, they're okay, they beat Wexford, but um, not beat you know, Cork the last day, I suppose. They'll be a little bit disappointed. So, um, yeah, it's, it all depends, as I said. It's a big year, I think. I think it's a big year for the likes of Galway and Henry and a big year for uh, Brian Lone and Clare. I mean, Davey's going to get a bounce for sure and Pat Ryan, but they're going to have a year's grace because it is only their first year. But um, And as again, with Derek Ling, it's a big year for him because but he has the cushion of a one year that he can. people won't have massive expectations. So there's a kind of get-out-of-jail card. Mm-hmm. But for me, I suppose the challengers, uh, for me, I, I keep I'm repeating myself, I just have a sneaking no out suspicion for Tipperary. I just think they're not a million miles off. They're not as far off as people might think. And Adrian, you know, you're, you're talking about the league then, really. The league now, it, it, has it been devalued by the championship coming in very close to, to the league? You know, um, teams you know, teams always use the league maybe to try, try out a few players here and there. But has the, the league been devalued by the championship coming in very, very close to it? Ah, sure, it probably has. And the Waterford experience last year proves that it counts for very little. Uh, to think that what you could water did last year and then capitulate in the championship. But it all depends if we're going back to it, going back to what the players and the management want out of it. And as I said, the Kilkenny's and the and the other teams, they, they might have a year's grace, but like the likes of Cork it's massive too maybe to try and win uh, a prize. You know, it is the secondary competition in, in Hurland. So it's important maybe to that group of players, important to the management, important to the conference of the group. Um so Limerick certainly won't be treating the Limerick uh, the league as a priority for sure. I don't think Kilkenny will. You know, other teams have different priorities, and Kilkenny will try and find and on their two or three players. The same with Clare and the same with Waterford. I don't think it's massive to their to their championship experience, but it might mean more to might mean more to Cork and it might mean more to to Galway. And again, it might mean more to Tipperary and Liam Cal for that group of players and give that confidence back to the supporters and the players. And you just see that in their performance the last day that you know it all depends as I said what it means to that group of players at a particular time and a group of management and I think Clare or I think Tipperary 
will value winning the league for that group. And I think Cork will value winning it. So you can see, for me, I can see Cork and Tipperary really trying hard to win it. We know how tight the, tight the schedule is, it, <clears throat> you know, with all the competitions and the dual clubs and dual players and counties and everything that's going on and colleges. But do you think, we, we mentioned it here before last week at our, in our chat and, and sports slide, do you think the GA could do anything to make the league so competitive that all teams would be trying to do well in it? In other words, linking it somehow to a bonus for the championship. You know, is there anything that you could think of that could make make it a situation whereby no team could be afraid to get the semi final or final or play not to get there or devalued by throwing out throwing in you know weaker teams later on? Yeah, in it. well, can you see any way out of that? As a lad says, like the old film, I'm going back to the future and I remember ourselves all those years ago. Hey, there's not like a good trip to New York for the winners or the, or the final played in New York. And all of a sudden, you see teams trying to be harder. Um, there has to be something that will give teams an edge, uh, as I said, as you said, because they don't see value at the end of the day. But maybe something, and I'm not sure, can you link it to the championship because there's so few teams and, you know, that can win in all Ireland. So, but for me, something like, you know, a trip, uh, Playing your final, we played a home final against New York. Okay, it might have been a bit farcical, but by God, we were trying that year uh, when we knew there was a trip to New York. To New York, <laughs> and you'd be surprised what that yeah. does for young lads. Yeah. True. Yeah, nice, nice, nice incentive. Adrian, you know, before we we finished up on the on the season itself, you know, the league is in action at the moment. The championship is coming in quick. The club season coming behind. Are you a favour of the split season as it is at the moment? I'm confused by it still. I'm not having my mind made up on it because as a supporter and a manager and a coach or whatever I am on radio and whatever we do, there's so much going on. You miss out on so much. You know what I mean as well? Um, between Hurland and Camogie and whatnot, um, there's an awful lot that uh, you'd like to be at. So it's so condensed and there's so much going on that you miss out on a lot. So I'm disappointed that you don't get to see that. And as a player, I'm wondering... It's a tough on that county player that has to be so tuned in for his county during the six months and then has to go back to his club and per, perform at the highest level. So I, I, I feel if I was a county player now, I'm not too sure. I hear mixed opinions in the county players. You know, I really have to say I really like the last, the old system where, yeah, I suppose if I put my pin in the collar, I prefer the old way. Um, I'm not too sure though I love the new split season from where I'm sitting. Yeah, and I think there's many w- would echo those symptoms as well. Finally, Adrian, uh, the last point we went to talk to you about last week, last weekend at the GA Congress, uh, a new president uh, elect in, in has been named or is is in situ with, with um, an Arme and an northern man with uh, Armeas Gerald Burdens, uh, becoming the the president elect. Obviously, he'd have a connection uh, to the GA Hurland scene down here with his daughter married to the Wexford Hurler Diarmuid O'Keefe, but. What do you think uh, will will be his thoughts on the hurling, or would he propose any changes to, to the GA for the hurling side? Well, first of all, and foremost, he obviously was a staunch uh, player um, with Arama, great Arama team, captain them and all that. So he comes with huge uh, credentials. A principal in a school uh, obviously brings huge, huge. Um, um, Honour as well, I suppose, because again, as we all know, there's not a, a simple a role and a task. And I read something somewhere where he mentioned about what well, was hurling 
and the future of hurling and what was stopping from hurling doing better. And he mentioned something about football damaging the biggest threat to hurling was football. And uh, he 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 picked Kilkenny as the the, the the one of the counties that look maybe why would we stop why should we should we promote hurling football in Kilkenny anymore when we're supposed to be fairly handy at at hurling so um, he has obviously different ideas he's not going to be afraid to uh, bring those ideas he's very forward for forward with his ideas um, I suppose looking in from the outside he looks the part he's a fit man and as I said not afraid to speak his mind but from the hurling world it's very interesting to see what his thoughts are based on what he mentioned about the hurling and the football in Kilkenny uh, back in 2015 I think he made that point uh, um, so yeah uh, look I suppose being from Armagh I suppose he'll have a, a football in his hand more so than a hurl but um, certainly looking forward to seeing what changes he bring. look as we all said a presidency I don't know, do you have enough time to make those changes? But um, but it's interesting to see because again, his son's playing football with Armagh. He's you know he's he's well grounded as I said, and and, uh, and obviously relatively young, and obviously uh, played the game, so has knows it from the grassroots up, I suppose. So it'll be good to see a man come with fresh ideas. I think. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, and we we could those sentiments, and we wish him the very best to look. Adrian, as always, it's good to talk to you here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. There's no doubt we'll hear a lot more from you as the league and the championship uh, kicks into more important action uh, later on. And as always, Adrian, thanks a million for taking the time to talk to us here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Man, thanks a million, boys. Thank thanks, you. Adrian. And once again, thanks, Adrian Nolan, for taking the time to talk to us. Now I'm going to turn to you, Pat, uh, once as we're going to talk about rugby and, of course, another big weekend, and we've already previewed them there on, on previous games. But this week, Pat, um, talk of a strike between with the Wales rugby players. There was doubt as to whether the match with England is going to go ahead later or not. Against Wales and England was going to go ahead at all due to maybe the players going on strike. It's a very drastic step. Now we've had strikes in the GA here and mm-hmm. they've worked out successfully in the end, but... Isn't it a fair sign of events when professional players have to come out and threaten to strike, you know, over their life, over their, you know, it's, yeah. it's a professional era, obviously, but at this day and age, you know, we know the club scene in Wales hadn't been as strong, but it just seems to transform themselves onto the national stage, which is um, sad to see. It's very sad to see. Before before we go on to that, uh, there's a lot of Cork people who tell you the strike there was a total failure and they haven't done a bit of good since the, since the strike but well, that's, that's for another day yeah it's very sad it's good to hear the Owens there saying that they're, they're, look at the, they're, they're get their act together they can't, they can't make a show of themselves in, in front of the world the world of rugby and the game goes ahead and I suppose um, for some reason the Welsh haven't been able to get their clubs to the top level of the of the European Championships or the, or the European you know competitions um, you know, for a place that's absolutely steeped in rugby, rugby. I mean, the Pontypool front rows. You can talk about all the great clubs, the clubs of the old days. I remember Bill McLaren when he'd be talking about the the, the Welsh with 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 oh, you know, with the clubs they had down there and 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 how much they loved the rugby. And even to hear them singing the the, the, the land of our fathers, whatever they sing before the thing there, is that land of our fathers, of our father. whatever it is. Yeah, you know the passion they have for the game. But um, certainly the the administrators there. Are, have, have slipped up in terms of how the the four the four provinces or four the four the franchises yeah. or whatever you call them have worked out. But having said that, they were still able to pull a couple of championships out of out of those four clubs uh, in recent more recent years. But obviously, 
Wales rugby isn't in a good place now. And it was the most obvious place to compare to is Ireland, where the Irish view for most sporting bodies are, are heavily criticised, and rightly so. The FAI get it, and the, the GA often get it from people, and the IRA, if you would have got it before, but in the last 10 or 15 years, they've got it so right in terms of management, 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 the resources they have, and spreading out players, too many Leinster, spreading them out to Connacht and Ulster, etc. Et They're all getting so, game time. And... The teams, I mean, all the all provinces are, are, are fierce competitive. So it's hard to know what a young fella now of 20 years in Wales aims to, aim to play for the Ospreys or the, the Scarlets and be, be, be kind of second rate or, or, you know, does he want to go to abroad or what does he do? But they've a lot of starting out to do, to do in Wales. There's no question about it. I mean, the, the love and the tradition of the game is there. But um, it's great that the game is going ahead against England and uh, you'll be afraid that England might do a number on them because it's an awful bad way to prepare. But at least, uh, you know, disaster has been alert, averted for now anyway. It is an interesting game, Pat, because England are in transition as well. They're after firing their manager, Steve Bartwick is over, yeah. as we talked before. And now you've Wales in turmoil. It makes an interesting an interesting battle. It does, actually, but I think England are in, less tor- England aren't in that much turmoil as such. I mean, we know the potential they have in their, in their team. I mean, Bartley, it, it does take time to, to, to bid in as a, as a coach and, and to get your ideas across and to get a team playing maybe somewhat differently to before. But, uh, you know, they have the resources in England. At least they have that much. And I think you'll see... You'll see. I mean, they had a decent win against Italy the last day, and a, a good Italy, a good enough Italy team, as we know. Um, so you'll be expecting England to come out at the best best end of this result. But having said that, you know these Welsh, these Welsh individually, some good, very good players in there, and uh, you know if you're together in Gatland, you know Gatland has a bit of know-how about about uh, preparing teams. So there's no. The funny thing about the Six Nations is there's no foregone conclusion in it. It's that kind of competition. Even the Italy games now, are, there's a little bit more doubt about them because they have improved. Whether they've improved enough to uh, cause us trouble is a different story. But um, I, I expect England c- could possibly give a decent beating to Wales. And Pet, you know, we've been talking about Irish players and how how good Irish rugby is at the moment. Obviously, with the pendulum of players that, that Farrell has picked for for the trip to to, to Rome mm-hmm. later on today, there's no significant change. All it is is maybe taking three or four off the bench and bringing them in and putting the four three or four down. It doesn't leave much opportunity for many players to to get in. He seems to be. Nearly already set yeah. on his core group, and the biggest omission from the whole squad, I would have thought, is Coombs. Given Coombs, I would have, I would, I'm actually hoping that he would certainly make it, and I thought maybe he might even get a run in the starting team. Uh, you know, because you can't, you can't, dis- you can't uh, dis- disrespect Italy. But having said that, a, pl- a player near the top of his game, but Munster, who are going well in competition, you know, isn't exactly thrown in a uh, nobody, um, but he's not in the squad at all. Uh, Casey starting is interesting. Bourne's obviously starting is is had to be, yeah. and uh, I've no fears for him in the sense. Well, although it's a great chance for him. Look at if if he doesn't play well against Italy, the doubts come back in about the replacement of Johnny Sexton. Yeah. If he does play well, I think we'll all be secure that he's he's good enough. He's shown signs being good enough before. Aki back in the centre, and um, the front the front row obviously has Beale is still there and uh, Killer is Killer. Look at it's it's the same. I won't say it's the same old same old at all, but it just shows the strength in that. I think there's at least two players in every position now, uh, capable of doing a, a, a real job, and that was hardly ever the case before for Ireland. So look at um, I I had fears going into play at France. I thought there was maybe two cock a hoop many people were, but the performance was outstanding for 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 seventy percent of the game at least. So um, you expect will be easily, and uh, it'll be nice. To, it'll be, and I just wanted to see the lads who come in. 
in the game today with half an hour to go will anything put their hands up you know I need a lesser known lads, lads yeah, with the question maybe yeah, so it's championship aspirations to continue Pat oh absolutely I mean, if, we don't, if we don't believe it now we'll never believe it yeah Pat thanks for that no, we're going to change our, our, our tech altogether. We're going to discuss the sport here on Scarf Bacon Radio. That is, hasn't been discussed on Sportsline as of yet. And we're joined in the studio by a man who's doubling up as our producer uh, today. And But he's also a very a big, avid fan of the American NFL. football. It's Luke Fleming. Luke, you've been known in the Better Guys from a programme earlier on. But you're welcome to Sportsline. I'll, I sure might as well double job file a message, Leo. <laughs> th- th- thank you. <laughs> Ple- a pleasure to be on, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know now we'll say what we'll be talking about, but we, we, we'll give it a lash anyway. It won't be East Clare hurling or Camogie <laughs> anyway. So. <laughs> so, but speaking of East Clare, and, and uh, there is a big following around East Clare for, you know, there's a big following for the uh, American football here, you know. Yeah, it's got it's got popular again. Like you know, we say we were all you know in around the same vintage, and we'll say our, I think our first exposure to football would have been in the eighties. Uh, you know, when there was a highlights program on Channel Four, and then you know we all remember we'll say you know the 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 fridge Perry, you know the William Perry the eighty five Bears, Richard and and, and like yeah. you know for for my sins, I remember that game uh, sort of you know a bit like altered history many years on because uh, can you remember who 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 did the Bears beat? that year and they destroyed them I can't the New England Patriots, Patriots. Patriots. Yes, yep. sorry. yeah and, and you know there was also the another, another name a, a real Irish name McMahon was oh the yeah yeah quarterback right, yeah. yeah yeah you know and you and you, you, you had a few people that were, were involved in, you know, we said the, the best known name of the whole lot and uh, he, he's not claiming too much association to Ireland there's a man by the name of Tom Brady you know as they, they call lads the goat but he really has been the goat and I think he's retired he's retired for good I think he's gone for good this Gandhi. time yeah. And I suppose Luke, looking at his form, in, especially in the year after retirement and then coming back, his form was petchy uh, to, to be. Yeah, kind, to be I, I, I would have. Like in fairness, like a, a man at forty-five, uh, you know, uh, heading for forty-six, uh, no one over over the age of forty had done anything remotely near to what 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 he had done. But the team weren't as good, uh, and we'll say he was afraid of getting hit. Basically, his his line, you know, yeah. you talk the big boys up front. You know, he was getting rid of the ball probably two seconds, yeah. whereas normally another half second. For anyone that gets into the game, like you know, you, you talk tactics about hurling and football and camogie and all the rest of this. Uh, it's nothing compared yeah. to what football is, and it, it's very hard to sort of describe it because you look at it. Uh, and you just think it's four or five lads pushing against four or five other lads. But like the, the laws of the game and the tactics beyond it are, are unbelievable. But it, it, it's the, the product is very interesting. You know, like mo- most people will look at it and sort of say, oh, Jesus, you know, a game lasts three hours, but it's actually 60 minutes. You know, but but it, it actually is exciting. But it, the, the whole product is what is what's there. And. I know you, you've spoken about you know we we'll say we we'll say rugby and we we'll say the champions the was it the Heineken Cup slash the your whatever it is called now and you know you have soccer and the Premiership if they want to be ran properly 
you need to run like a business. And like the NFL is basically is communism. Big, yeah. You know, it's business first. Sport breaks out for 60 minutes on a Sunday. But it's business. It's business first. And everything is sort of sponsored to within an inch of its life. And if there, you know, if there's something we'll say that they can put a brand on, they'll put a name on it. But the one thing that the, the and, and most American sports have the same thing. You know, the, the, the big American sports, you've basically baseball, basketball, ice hockey, and the NFL. And in the 80s, probably basketball was king. Baseball was king for a long time. Uh, the ir ironic thing about it now is baseball is losing popularity because it's going on for too long. And they're sort of saying it's too boring. Yeah, This is the ultimate irony, like, you know, mm -hmm. how things are going. But the NFL has, and especially in the last five to ten years, expanded a lot and they started playing games in uh, Europe they started playing games in London in 2007 I was I was at it and little did I think that uh, I'd be watching uh, the Super Bowl champions at a, a, a wet game in Wembley and unfortunately the Giants did, a, did a, a number on the Pats in that Super Bowl but we won't talk about that mm -hmm. um, but you know they've had games there for years there's games in G in Germany so and like Germany's a huge market and it's an untapped market though Luke isn't it uh, they're doing it very well um, be, and this is sort of like I give out about this country from a political level and that we don't do long term planning the Yanks do planning and I said it's when, when it's business uh, you know you get it but if you if you just look at the business people that are involved in it Stan Kroenke owns Arsenal he bought Arsenal right but he built uh, an NFL stadium that cost about 4 billion dollars right and there's two teams in it the LA Rams and the Chargers you look at, you go back 20, 25 years, the Glazers. The Glazers owned the Tampa Bay Bucks, the most useless uh, franchise in football until Brady went to them and won, yeah. won, a, a, Bowl, won yeah. a Super Bowl in his first year with them. And they, they won one Super Bowl 20-odd years ago, had done nothing ever since, and then he, he goes and wins. And they'll go back to being crap for the next five, ten years. It's all business, but we said the business people behind it. Like, the, the Denver Broncos were a team that were sold uh, last year and the Washington what used to be the Redskins are now the commanders are currently technically up for sale right the Broncos went for about three and a half billion dollars for a franchise that's what you're talking no there's not too many people that can afford that money and there's no Arabs investing in in um, American football as of yet but a lot of canny people you look at Liverpool you know, John Henry Finn, would say Finn, with Finn, the yeah, Globe, yeah. you know, was, uh, you know they, they've invested in, in Liverpool. Now, that, now, that's baseball, but it's still an American businessman. Yeah. And Luke, just to ask a question still about the business side of yeah. it. We'd say, is the, is, the, is the base core support for each team in its own city or is it a bit like Barcelona? No, it's nationwide and, and countrywide, Pat, mm -hmm. in right. that. Um, but you, you have that thing. Like, if you think about it, we'll say, if you go back to wh when it was on TV originally in the 80s here, mm. you have a huge chunk of Miami Dolphins fans because you had the Dolphins and the 49ers. You had right. Dan, Dan Marino. Yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan Marino, you know, got to a Super Bowl either his first or his second year. He never got back to another Another one never won but a, gr a great player you know you had Montana with, with, with yeah, the 49ers yeah, and, and yeah. then it sort of went in RTE were sort of showing highlights of it with right. Miles Dungan and no, stuff like that you know and, and well you got it for a bit and then it sort of disappeared and then it went to Sky and they they have done a good job with it and you know they got a highlights program on the BBC they got the Super Bowl on, on the BBC and that was all linked that was all linked we say from the business side of things because they got uh 
the games in London. Right, they got one game in London, then it went to two games, then at one stage it was with four. They now have the Jacksonville Jags, uh, Jaguars, who are they're they're playing a home game in London, partly for the reason that they they can't sell out their venue at home. Can that owns them owns Fulham, right? So you know they were talking it's for a while. There's an intrinsic. Absolutely, yeah, but it, but it's all sort of linked, and like the the Jags have gone from the Jags were sort of four minutes away from being in the Super Bowl until Brady woke up in the fourth quarter and beat them about four, four or five years ago, and they have now. They, they were sort of went bad and they were drafting and sort of you know hired the wrong managers and various bits and pieces but they now have uh, the man that's been sort of classed as one of the the future of the game and the game has changed drastically from what a traditional quarterback would have been the likes of Brady and Aaron Rodgers to a lesser extent what they are now a lot of them are mobile they need to be able to run yeah Mahomes and you know he's one but we said Trevor Lawrence and Lawrence I think since he's the age of 12 years old has been classed as potentially a generational talent yeah. and he's now with the Jags you know but you say how how does potentially the best quarterback in the league got gone to the worst team and this is where I go back to that. It's, it's it's a brand of communism, right? And I think if they're trying to get a Super League in Europe, it's the only way they'll be able to do it. But And I I, I, th- is, is, I, I is, think is, there's is doubts. The, is, is the product there for the look at the end of the day for this to, you know... If they, does, if, they, does uh, if they advertise and sell it well enough, it, it boils down to TV money. They talk, you talk about the TV deals that the Premiership have now, they're getting more money from Asia than they're getting yeah, from Europe. That's true. Right? So mm-hmm. it's all about product and market. You look at the, the deals that they have, we'll say, in the States. They try and do deals over 10, 11 years. You have a 10-year TV deal in the States between all the networks, right? And they're paying, I think, about 10 or 11 billion euros a year. That's divided between 32 teams. The 32 teams, that's it, they're franchise. That's what it is. And he said, um, there's no relegation, there's no promotion. Once you finish college, right, you all hear about college games, there'll be a college game up in the Aviva, we'll say, I think Navy are playing Notre Dame uh, in August. 98% of people that play American football up to college level, that's the last time they'll ever play. Because there's nothing after. It's It's either the pros or nothing, you know. There's no local teams in the small towns. No, after college, no. Yeah, sort of high school, college, that's it. So, and you have the whole thing then that you know you have the alma mater, and you you'll hear them on on the commentaries, and and you know they're saying where they're from. It's their college. Yeah, it's where yeah. they're from. It'd be sort of yeah, a bit yeah. like saying you know you're from Bodike, you're from yeah, Kilnina, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's that real thing, and it, it's sort of. Um, there's so much, you know, you, you, you could talk about. I, I know we probably should talk about, we'll say, the, the Super Bowl. We're, we're running out of time we'll here. Be, but we will be dedicating the show to, to on American football. Yeah, I'll I, I, I get a man that knows a lot more about the full ins and outs. Of it. But the business side of things is one that I think uh, European sports, uh, the, the, you're being educated by the Yanks, but you don't start to realise it because they run the clubs like a business. The British don't like it because they feel they're losing the local links with yeah. it. But the Yanks run things like a business. And I said, sport breaks out on the field for 60 minutes on a Sunday outside of that it's just business and Luke before we let you go on this one American football fairly big in Germany yep. and you know partly because, Germany, there, partly because there were so many US forces there over the year yeah. 
and there's still a few bases there. Mm. Yeah. That, that hence is there's two games in Frankfurt this year. The Chiefs and the Pats are playing there in two different weeks in November. Hopefully, we'll be trying to get a ticket for it. Obviously, the Kansas Chiefs are the top team. At the minute, yeah. Yeah, what, you, about, you, what about my beloved New York Jets? Is there any you, you, uh, I will say to you, Leo, your New York Jets are a quarterback away from being a very good team, and you're either going to have Derek Carr or um, oh, that other hero who I do not like, Aaron Rodgers, playing for you come September. The, the draft, uh, we say free agency and the draft are coming. We'll talk about it another we'll talk time. talk about it again. Yeah. Luke, thanks for that. And, you know, Pat, we look forward to a, a show on America. 100%. Followers. That's an education on its own. Absolutely. Yeah, already. Mm. Absolutely. With the appetite for the, the real discussion. Exactly. Yeah. And that concludes our sports and show here today on Scarab Bay Community, Community Radio in association with Derek Credit Union on the 88.3 and 92.7 FM. My thanks to our guests, uh, John Carmody. Thanks to Adrian Ronan. Pat, thanks to you also for your contribution. And thanks to everybody at home for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you look forward to a good weekend where there's a feast of sport on. And all that remains is Emilio Dial. Until we meet again, it's Bannock Day, August Law.